Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today is Delonda Coleman. Uh, Delonda is the author of multiple children's books, including the book More Than a Princess. Uh, She sold over 25,000 copies. Come on now. 25,000 copies of her children's books uh, and founded the Sydney and Coleman Publishing Company uh, and platform after being uh, inspired by the birth of her daughter uh, and dissatisfaction with the inadequate representation of children of color in the STEAM and STEM books. Uh, I'm excited to dive into a bunch of things, children's books. We were talking beforehand, we don't have a ton of children's book authors on the podcast, and especially children's book authors that have sold over 25,000 copies of their books as a first-time author, uh, which is pretty freaking cool. Uh, we've gotten the pleasure of working with Delonda since 2020 as part of our Sell More, Sell More Books programs uh, on her book, and so we'll kind of break down some of that as a case study. So much to unpack. Uh, this, should, this should be a fun one. Delonda, welcome. Great to have you here. Thank you for having me, Chandler. I'm super excited to talk about this. So I, I guess first things first, for people who don't know, which includes me, what are ST, is it STEAM? STEAM and STEM books. What, yeah. what, what is that? So it stands for, it's an acronym that stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Math. And um, it's a paradigm when that's going on in, in the children's book and education industry of just making sure that those core fundamentals are taught at the early ages of education. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Because uh, your background, if I'm not mistaken, is product marketing, product management, Amazon, mm-hmm. bunch of big companies. Yeah. I've worked at big brands like Microsoft, Amazon, Vimeo, all in the technology space. And that was sort of, sort of, <laughs> I'm in, I've been in technology my entire career. And that was been the inspiration for me. Um, as you mentioned, when my daughter was born, um, I was reading a lot of books to her. Like I'm the type of mom that, you know, you go to the grocery store, I see a book, I'm going to pick it up and <laughs> yeah. I'm going to come home with groceries and, and a book. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but a lot of the books that I were picking up um, for girls essentially were about princesses, which is awesome. But a lot of the themes were around, you know, being a nice princess or <laughs> a pretty princess, very soft topics. Mm-hmm. Or um, or when I picked up books with children or characters of color, which uh, they leaned into very important themes like skin confidence and hair confidence and, um, you know, just being confident in the world, which are great. Mm-hmm. Um, but me as a professional coming from the the technology sector, I wanted to see more books that had representation uh, with people of color as well, in, especially in the STEM fields. That's cool. That's cool. And I think it's a cool example of 
you know, for a lot of people watching or listening, blending your worlds, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Which is, you know, the tech and product, product management side of things, but then also being a mom and saying like, hey, I want you to learn this stuff over here. Yes. Uh, and blending that. <laughs> what would be kind of your tips for folks who are maybe seeing, it, maybe it's not the exact same themes as what you're seeing, but kind of like blending worlds in their mind of like, okay, hey, I'm involved in this world over here. I've got kids that I want to learn these essential things. I think that I want to crystallize that into a children's book. What, what are kind of the lessons you learned from that on how to do that well? Well, most importantly, I realized that I know a lot of things that can easily be unpacked and shared with my daughter. And mm. I knew a lot of people who had knowledge who can actually help me craft or hone it in. So I especially encourage people who are in STEM-based fields, like, you know a lot. Um, so sharing that with your children in a book form is really transformative. And I would mm -hmm. certainly encourage people to do that. And I know you teach that, you know, like writing down what most of us are knowledge workers in the sense mm -hmm. that, you know, we sit at a desk and we're mined <laughs> for the knowledge in our head. And so extracting that into down to the simplest forms and communicating it to kids is really going to be helpful in transforming them. And a lot of the knowledge that kids learn is actually taught at home. It's not taught mm -hmm. in schools. And so the more that you can infuse what you know from work in simple ways and translating it into kids, not only can you be a transformative agent for your children, but for other mm -hmm. children as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, um, so your book, More Than a Princess, I know that's one of the biggest sellers and that's the kind of the first one and it sparks a lot of this obviously has had huge success. How many, do you remember how many words is that book? Uh, it's about, I want to say 700 to 800 words. It's okay. not a lot of yep. words at all. And uh, yep. that's a, another big theme that you definitely want to to narrow in depending on the type of children's book that you're writing you should know you sh you can um you don't have to make it as daunting as you think it is so if mm -hmm. you're doing a picture book being around 700 words if you're doing a board book it's around 10 15 words <laughs> you know it's really small you don't have to you can you can lean more into the imagery than the mm -hmm. words and so imagery and words matter now as the kids get older and they get more independent in reading that's when you start increasing the length depending on the type of book that you're offering and so a lot of authors i notice make you know a that mistake. And when they start writing too much for yeah. five-year-olds that can't read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, well, that's good. Let's unpack that a little bit because for people who aren't familiar, so the different types of children's books, obviously based on age, um, you know, your kind of ideal reader and stuff. So you talked about board books being more of 10 to, you know, 10, 15 words, 20 words, mostly pictures. You talked about picture books. That's kind of like, I think, that's at least what I think of when I think of children's books. And that's kind of the more classic thing that we teach, whereas about in the 750 word range. And so I think you said yours was seven, 800 words. Then going up from there, what are the other types of um, children's books and, and about how long are they depending kind of matching to, to the age of the, the kid and that sort of thing? 
Yeah, well, then the next level, you'll probably get to early reader books. So these mm-hmm. are kids who are starting to learn sight words and um, they know how to the basics of stringing, uh, reading a full sentence. Um, mm-hmm. Those start to creep up into like the 15, 2500 words. Mm-hmm. They still rely on pictures, but maybe you don't have to go full color, you know, sketches and things like that. Right. Um, and then the next is chapter books. So these are, you know, 10 to 13 chapters, probably 10,000 in words mm-hmm. and then you start to get into young adult which is more borderline novels you know yep. you could start going extending yourself and mm-hmm. so but just know like when you're starting with picture books it's 16 spreads so uh or two pages open left and right mm-hmm. um and on those were on those pages it's very few words you know mm-hmm. two sentences each page at most. And so it kind of gives you, if you want to start writing picture books, that kind of gives you a nice framework just to have 16 scenes with, (laughs) with four sentences on each of them and, and just keeping it really tight like that. That's cool. Yeah. And we've got some templates for folks in our children's book school and also on our website, if you want to see that kind of this, those 16 spreads, like you're saying, and uh, 16 scenes and and leading up to two, to 750 words. So we got the kind of the lay of the land for children's books. All right. So you got board book, 10 to 20 words, picture book, 750 words or so. You got early readers, you know, let's call it 1500 to 2,500 words. You've got chapter books, you know, probably around 10,000 words. And then you've got young adult, which as you said, kind of borderline novels. So those are the types let's go traditionally what people think about with picture books and, 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 and what uh, your book is about 750 words. How do you do that? I, like, I think that's probably like the big question on a lot of people's <laughs> minds. It's like, all right, I've got this big, complicated topic, right? <laughs> Especially something like this, science, technology, all this stuff, and kind of trying to weave in those themes. So what are your tips for how to kind of have a tell a concise, punchy story that's entertaining, that moves along, like managing your word count, like how did you do it? And, and what did you learn from that experience that might be helpful for other children's book authors? Yeah, well, I, I can tell you what I did in the beginning. That was a mistake and that I was too much in my head, right? Like I had this idea. I just wanted to tell different career perspectives. Like I said, I had this daughter and I wanted her to show her that she could be more than just a princess. And so in the beginning, what I did what I did is that I just kept mulling and mulling over this idea over and over again. Um, and it would become daunting because I'm not a, what I would call a career author um, by, by trade. You know, I write, you know, business, <laughs> basically uh, I write uh, emails all day. Um, so I, my confidence was not very high. And so one of the key things that I started doing was mind mapping. And I know that you teach the strategy, but I started getting the core idea out and then the branching out into the other ideas and writing down what could princess, what do other princesses do? Well, in my, in my case, she was an astronaut. So I started writing down core things that astronauts do. She was a doctor. So I started writing down ideas. So I just started mind mapping all the different ideas that I had. And because I was limited on the number of words, um, I really got down to the core things. <laughs> so I was able to like scratch things out. And by the end, I had like a nice outline of the the four scenes that I wanted to have, the intro and the outro, right? And so that's kind of how I um, played it out to, uh, and then wrote it. And I did co-author it with my with my husband. 
And he was able to, you know, come in and then take the outline and the structure and make it rhyme, which is really hard to do. He's just Ah. more talented like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's cool. And that's kind of a cool division of responsibilities with a book. Because I always say, you know, I co-authored my first two books and I think it's the hardest thing to do. It's like, I always say it's kind of like painting a painting, but having two hands on the paintbrush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's really hard. So any tips or lessons learned from that of co-authoring uh, a children's book? And especially, I mean, you almost had the double whammy. You got, you're co-authoring a children's book, but then also co-authoring a children's book with your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's tricky. Uh, how'd you do that? And any lessons learned there? Uh, well, one, I had to lock him in the house for a weekend. So I, <laughs> by the time we got around to our second book, we had kind of learned the lessons from the first one. And so we we kind of brainstormed. We sat down and brainstormed on what was the idea for the second book. And we had really crystal mm. clear on what the idea was. The second thing that I did, um, because I, I in my second book, I use a concept called the engineering design Um the engineering design process, which is a problem solving methodology that a lot of computer scientists or just, you know, Mm. scientists use to solve problems. And so we interwove those core concepts into the book and into the things that were happening in the book. So, you know, having that framework and then telling that story in that lens was super important. So it made Mm -hmm. editing really easy because I wanted to make sure that he had a testing phase as an example, or he had a iterative phase where he redid something over after learning um, from a mistake. So it was um, it was very simple once the second time around for us to do that because we had a core idea. We knew what our limitations was in terms of how much we were writing. And mm-hmm. then it was very quick. So we actually wrote the second book in a day, literally. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. It was <laughs> very simple um, just writing it. Um, and yeah. the second thing that I would say is that I kind of let go. After that one day, we wrote it, we let it flow, we it, mm-hmm. it flowed out of us, and I immediately handed it off to an editor. Um, which um in the beginning, when we wrote our first book, part of the reason it took so long was because, you know, I was constantly tweaking and editing and doing, you know, kind of like in my head again mm-hmm. um with all the edits. And I didn't do that the second time around. I see. Got it. So that's the lesson learned from book one to book two. And then um, book the, the second book that you wrote in a day, which book was that? Uh, What's My Superpower? So okay, um, cool. very similar, um, but it teaches the engineering design process with a boy protagonist instead of a girl. Cool. Nice. I got a lot and of boy that's... moms that came after me, asked me, "Can when am I going <laughs> to have a book for my, my son? So <laughs> That's cool. And I think you have a son as well, right? So is that part of what inspired that? No, uh, just one uh, daughter. Yeah, yeah okay, but my uh, my my husband was the uh, was the face of the, kid, the little kid. <laughs> Got it. Cool. That's awesome. So, and so these are some kind of good lessons learned on the writing par- uh, process from book one to book two. And I think when I was looking on Amazon, book one has eleven hundred plus reviews. Book two has two or three hundred. I think when I checked earlier today. So both are obviously doing well. We'll come back to the review piece here in just a second. Um, let, and actually, we'll come back to the launch piece here in just a second. Um, let's walk through quickly kind of the production process. So once you've got the book done and, and or the, the, the words of the book done, how did you go from, all right, words done to illustrations and like a publishable book and any lessons learned there? 
Yeah. So what I would do is um, I then create what I call an illustration brief. And so I tell the uh, potential illustrator kind of like what my vision is. So I tell them about the, I give them a little backstory about the character that might not necessarily be in the manuscript. I give them the actual manuscript. I also say, here's the character's favorite colors. Here's some of the character's um, personality traits. Um, And I also say, here are my favorite colors. Here some uh, character inspiration. So I go on Amazon, grab covers of copies of book covers. um, And I synthesize all of that. And I say, this is the format of the book. You know, it's an eight by 10 book. It has 32 pages. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also uh, just everything that I want. I want an ebook. I want a hardback. I want a paperback. Mm -hmm. Here are Mm -hmm. the templates um, that you can download to make sure that it's sized correctly. And here are the formats that I want it back in. Um, Yeah. And so I typically, when um, hiring an illustrator, I, you know, now that I have established relationships with some illustrators, I don't have to keep doing this. But in the beginning, when you're looking for one, I actually test at least three. So I asked for a character design and um, based on what I just described in my illustration brief and I pay them all. So I will ask, you know, three illustrators that I find, can you design a character? And here's here's what the character looks like. Here's what he or she does, et cetera. And then I see what comes back. And I'm, I'm usually testing for a couple of things. I'm testing. Can they draw to my vision? Mm. Um, can they adhere to a deadline? Um, can they take feedback and revisions? Um, um, uh, and so that's really important because you're going to be working with them for good. a few weeks or a few months. And mm-hmm. I have worked with illustrators who are not very timely <laughs> or right. who are don't write to your vision. And so understanding that process and making sure that um, you find somebody that meets that is super important. That's great. I like that a lot. That's really good feedback. So let's shift gears because I'm sure this is the part that a lot of people are curious about to the launch, to selling books, to all that stuff. So how did you launch the book well and uh, the first book and what sold the most copies of that book? Um, well, when I launched the first book, More Than a Princess, all I did was I went through the entire process of producing the book mm-hmm. and then went through the entire process of getting it onto Amazon. And then I hit I hit send and that was that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I went, I went to bed and kind of like nothing really happened. Um, So, um, but miraculously I got my sales report from Ingram because I uploaded both to Ingram and Amazon Mm -hmm. and I had sold 125 copies and I hadn't done anything. And so, (laughs) yeah. And I was just like, wow, what, what just happened? I've done nothing and I sold 125. So imagine (laughs) if Mm -hmm. I did something. So, you know, I did enroll in the sell more books uh, course that you offered and got a coach. And um, what I did next was I, I just activated my community and my friends and family. Mm. Um, I think that was the most empowering thing that I could have done. I didn't have a platform. I didn't have an email list at the time. Mm-hmm. So um, I just activated on everywhere. So Facebook, LinkedIn, 
um, and Instagram. I made posts mm-hmm. about this is what I'm doing. You know, I really would like your help in making being a launch is successful. And this was of March of 2020. So you can see where this was going. <laughs> Luckily, we snuck in our my book launch the the week before everything shut down. You're kidding. But yeah, it was crazy. But we, we had hand sanitizers at the event. Luckily, we had the event, but literally the next week, the whole world shut down. But wow. the important thing about that was that, you know, I started just gathering my friends and family's email address to say, hey, join my launch team. I'm going to need your help in getting reviews for this book. And that was like the key thing mm-hmm. that I did um, mm-hmm. when I started relaunching on Amazon. And so I think that actually got me to number one. Um, and that also got me my first set of reviews, which were mm-hmm. really critical, I think, for the longer term success. I see. Got it. So put the book out. Didn't really do much at first. Mm-mm. It miraculously starts selling copies. Uh, and you say, hey, let's let's really go for this. Join the Sell More Books program. Start working with one of our coaches. Sounds like the launch team was a really helpful concept um, uh, and to kind of relaunch, if you will, um, the book. Then obviously having the book launch party right before COVID, all that stuff. What what else would you say worked well? Like, were there two or three biggest takeaways from the Sell More Books program or your coaching? I think Scott was your coach, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, like, was there was there a couple things from that 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 really moved the needle the most in terms of book sales? Yeah, just making sure that I had my listing optimized and mm-hmm. set up correctly, and then doing that launch team, and I utilize those resources to this day. I mean, as by the time I got to my second book, I was much more sophisticated. You know, like I had an opt page. I was collecting email address and phone numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was texting folks and I had a much more smoother process. Um, And I was, you know, I had built up a list by then. So Mm -hmm. it was, I got to 25 very quickly in the first week, but um, I, I definitely launching reviews. And you might actually do that at a loss in the beginning. Um, I would say that, you know, at the beginning of your book launch, it's really not about making money. It's really about setting it up for longer term success. Mm -hmm. Um, The second thing that I did was I definitely um, did more, a lot more speaking engagements and talking about the book, you know, hopping on other podcasts, collaborating with other authors and doing like really fun events. Cool. And and I think the third and most significant is investing in ads and having a sustained cool. ad budget. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely would say in this market, you know, online, it's very competitive. And so just making sure that you're getting your book in front of folks is going to be really important. Got it. And so on the ad side of things, what um are you mostly running ads on Amazon? Are you going BookBub? Are you going somewhere else? And what's what's worked well? How are you doing that? Amazon ads. Yep. Yeah. I think, you know, for me that has worked really well. Um, and especially in the children's book category. Mm-hmm. I've tried other sites, they just haven't had as much success for me, but Amazon has been really successful. And I think a part of that is again. Uh, making sure you have your backend keywords set up correctly, yep. titles, subtitles, really great cover, um, as well as, um, you know, utilizing all the marketing tools that they have. So your description, you know, A-plus content, yep. you know, having your author page set up. I think those are really have been beneficial. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. cool. 
Yeah. And if people are confused by a bunch of that stuff, we go in detail on that on a bunch of other podcast interviews. This is also something that since you joined, we've started um, helping people with. So we now do A plus content for people and um, book descriptions and keywords and categories, optimization, all that stuff. So it sounds like um, speaking engagements and engaging the community. It sounds like Amazon ads uh, really worked well. Um, have you do have you done much um many like as far as speaking gigs? I'm assuming most of that was virtual during COVID. Um, is that correct, or have you done many in person speaking gigs? It is starting to come back in person now, mm-hmm. but mostly a lot of it during COVID was obviously a hundred percent remote, um, which was great. <laughs> some of them mm-hmm. were paid, so some of them were paid with books, and some cool. of them were free, but it was great advertising. Um, a lot of people did things that I didn't even ask for, which I'm really grateful for. A lot of people read my book and ha- post it on YouTube, which I love. Cool. Um, so to me, it's like free advertising. Yeah. <laughs> so being able to, you know, look at that content or, you know, be on people's platforms has been really great a great opportunity for me. Um, and then I've also started graduating and like coaching people on how to mm-hmm. write their books, uh, their children's books specifically. Um, and I really enjoy helping folks bring their vision to life. Cool. And you, so when people are sharing your book on YouTube, like, was that prompted or just totally unprompted? Unprompted. So I, I occasionally Google myself to see what pops up and, and quite often what, popping up more frequently than lately is, you know, folks reading my book. And I mm-hmm. just think that's awesome. I, I love that. That's cool. Have you ever done any in-person speaking gigs at, at schools? Uh, not in person yet. Oh, actually, I take that back. Yes, I have. Um, I've done a couple of in-person ones, especially uh, at my daughter's school. So like if cool. you are yeah. a parent and an author, um, you know, utilizing your children (laughs) is really helpful. So, you know, uh, one of the secret things that I learned now is just how to do market research. And my daughter was the one who taught me this really important lesson. Um, So in the beginning, when we were writing the first book, I would print out copies and, you know, I would have copies that would have markup all over the house. And she stole a copy and took it to school and showed her classmates and her teachers. And they read them this, the book to the student and, so when I picked her up, the teacher was like, hey, we read your book. And I was like, what? It was like, it's really good. We love it. When are we going to get the real one? And so the second time around, I preemptively gave them copies of the book. Like, what do you mm. think of this? What are some good oh, cool. elements? So yeah. I think, you know, just utilizing the resources around you, yep. um, uh, you'll be very successful. That's super smart. I, and I know... Um, if folks want to check out the episode we did with Emma Sumner um, on um, children's books. And Emma's one of our youngest authors. She was eight years old when she wrote her kid's book, but then uh, went into schools and or went into her school specifically. I think she got a 250 or $400 honorarium to speak. Uh, and then they pre-sold a ton of books, which I think is just a super smart strategy. So they sent um, slips home with every student to say, Hey, we've got an author coming to speak do you want to get one of their, uh, a copy of their book? And then you can just say, check yes or no, and then um, attach a check or cash or whatever to that. And then, so they were actually able to pre-sell a ton of books. I think they ended up doing 1200 or 1400 bucks um, from that first, from Emma's first speaking gig. And so since then, I feel like that's been a 
model that a lot of our children's book authors have been doing. And it's just a little bit of a grassroots kind of obviously easiest, as you said, to go to your kid's school first. (laughs) Um, But then expanding that, you know, to the county, expanding that maybe to your region or state and just uh, it just seems like a really smart way to sell books that a lot of our authors have been having success with. I want to um, touch on a few more things on the book sales and marketing side of things, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up. But uh, so I think I saw a stat somewhere of uh, well, actually, I'll just back up. Any I know we've covered a lot um, on the twenty five the journey to twenty five thousand copies sold. At what point did you hit ten thousand? And at what point twenty five thousand? And then, and was it kind of like slow, slow, slow? Boom? Was it an immediate? Like what is what was that kind of your kind of journey like? I would say it ramped up uh, slowly in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, mostly because one, I did nothing in the beginning. Then I took some time to get some training and figured out, okay, let me launch this and let me focus on a quality launch with focusing on reviews. And then once I did that, then I began focusing on ads and figuring out how to work ads. So it took a while. I would say it probably took like six or seven months to to kind of get into a groove. Um, and then um, then I started releasing, you know, supplemental material like coloring books, notebooks, journals. Um, and so that helped increase the number and then releasing a second book. And when I released the second book, I released the series all at once. You know, I had the activity book and the workbook and uh, the, cool. the children's mm-hmm. books. So I saw doubling once, obviously, you double the amount of books that you had in the marketplace. So I, right. one thing that I would say is like, you know, don't release just one book if, if it's a business, you know, if it's a hobby, that's one thing. But if you are starting a business thinking about releasing more than one book at a time or yep. in, a, in a very quick se- uh, succession. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right. So if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right. So go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. And then I would also say just releasing more books. <laughs> yep. So that's when I saw the the ramp or the scale go up really quickly is when I started introducing more. That's cool. And now um, on that note, I, I was on your site earlier and I saw that you're selling a, a bunch of your stuff through what looks to be like a Shopify store on your site. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in addition to Amazon, what percentage of your books would you say are selling on Amazon versus selling on your own site and any, and and why sell on your own site? Like what's kind of your thought process behind that? Yeah. So the, the margins for books are very thin. And so once you start selling a volume, um, I started thinking about how do I diversify where I'm selling? So beyond Amazon and of course, Shopify was very easy to start. Um, And then I wanted to drive the cost down. So I actually started printing books overseas. Um, So that was another strategy. So my strategy simply was to bring in more 
per <laughs> per unit per book. Um, so see. very mm-hmm. simple strategy, mm-hmm. um, but that does require a, a, an investment in marketing right. outside of Amazon. And so mm-hmm. started doing Facebook ads. Um, I also started doing more bulk sales. So mm-hmm. um, that's been really helpful selling into schools or organizations that want to buy in bulk cool. um, and, you know, selling more of a system rather than just a book. Right. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. So, so let's let's talk about that. Selling in bulk and selling a system over just selling a book. Um, what, how are you getting bulk orders? What's kind of the average size of the bulk order? And then how what, what do you mean by selling a system versus just selling a book? Yeah. So two ways. One, um, I make sure that my contact information is in the book. So a lot of people mm-hmm. start their book search on Amazon. So they might be, or they might have bought something for their own kid or somebody in their family liked it and then want to take it to their organization. So mm-hmm. making sure that you have your website information and uh, social media handles in the, in the book so that you're discoverable yep. is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing, um, so a lot of people reach out to me that way. They discover me on Amazon and want to buy in bulk. And so I would give over a certain price point, I would give a discount. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing is that I would uh, talk to the local schools and universities, or and not universities, but bookstores in my neighborhood. So um um, consignment is a big one for bookstores. So I would leave my book on consignment and we would just true up at, at within a month's time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, cold calling and <laughs> reaching out to schools and programs. And luckily I have, yeah. you know, smart people in, in my network who have connections. And so asking people for connections and like seeing how this could be done. So a lot of it is just go. good old sales work. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, reaching out to connections, getting referrals and doing calls. Have you had success with that with schools? Like how, what is that? Who are you calling? What is, is it the the principal? Is it an administrator? And, and is the pitch just, Hey, we can do a bulk sale. I'll come in and speak. Or is it something else? Sometimes it's as, as easy as that. It depends on the school district. So, mm-hmm. um, I usually get in contact with like, there's someone who's in charge of the literacy program or some special program that might have a budget and I can see my way in through that way. Looking for that budget. Come on now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's got the, but that's, that's really the answer to that question, right? So who's got the budget to pay for the books? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you might have to, depending on the state, become like a official vendor of the state which takes a process and Mm -hmm. you could procure it through that way. I haven't personally gone through that route, but it's something that's on my sort of um, wish list for 2024 to get certification so that you can get in more easily. Um, Mm -hmm. The other things that I've done is um, summer school programs have actually used my Mm. book as part of their Mm -hmm. STEM curriculum. So they use the book, they'll get inspirations, they'll have a week dedicated, and they'll use my book as as a in the activity book that comes along with it as a program. So that was something unexpected that I didn't see. Um, And they just bought the book in bulk and gave it out to the kids. And then I was able to come and do a reading, which was really cool. Cool. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's cool. So, um, I, I saw a stat, I think somewhere on your site, um, you've done six figures 
from children's books. And I think a lot of people would hear that and like, what in the world? Like, <laughs> is that even possible? Um, so how'd you do it? And, and, and is that mostly off of book sales? Is that mostly on the bulk book side of things? Like, what is that? What does that look like to, to actually do that? To be honest, it's mostly off of Amazon sales cool. and yeah. it's just, you know, being consistent. So a lot of people want to get the bestseller, you know, mark, which is a great mark, but I think it's just mm -hmm. marketing. What's really important is that you consistently stay in the top one or top 10 of a book category mm -hmm. that you're in. And so for me, um, that's how I got there. It did, and and it, I didn't do it overnight. You know, it's been since... Uh, we launched the book in January 2020. So it's been, you know, nearly four years of just consistent, you know, consistently investing in an advertising budget and then mm -hmm. tweaking that, tweaking your ads and just being consistent mm -hmm. and releasing more books. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Um, Delanda, this has been awesome. What, uh, what would be your parting piece of advice for the children's book authors out there, maybe first time, or maybe they've already published or the, you know, the Delanda from years ago before you went on this journey, knowing what you know now? I wouldn't have waited. You know, I becoming mm. an author was like a dream of mine for mm -hmm. years. And I would, at the time I used to, I don't do resolutions anymore. Now I do vision boards, but yeah. <laughs> at the time I would write my new year's resolution and it would be to be an author, to be an author. And then the next year I would get there and it would still be on the list. It wouldn't mm -hmm. be one of the items that I crossed off. So uh, I would say yeah. many people have these best selling ideas in their head yes. and they never get it out of their head and onto paper. Mm -hmm. And I would just say, if I could do this over again, I wouldn't wait. I would have just started. And honestly, I feel like my, the books that I wrote after my first book has been the best, <laughs> have been better because they've mm -hmm. just gotten better and better. But mm -hmm. the first book was the one that really took off. And I would just imagine if I had just never done that, yeah. you know, if I had never done that, I wouldn't have be where I am today. So I would just say my biggest piece of advice is just to write, get it out of your head. Don't do it alone. Get mm -hmm. support with an editor or, <laughs> or your school, but mm -hmm. definitely just um, get started. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's really good. Uh, well, awesome. Delanda, this has been so great. Uh, where can people go to find out more about you, to buy your books, all that good stuff? Well, you can certainly find them on Amazon, Target, or Walmart.com. Uh, or you can visit my website at SydneyAnnColeman.com. And there you can see all our books and all the things that we do and our mission. And you could definitely contact me there as well, too. Awesome. Well, guys, um, if you want to um, chat with our team about working with us as part of our children's book school or our similar books program is the one that Delana went through, um, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash apply. The team would love to um, speak with you, talk to, talk to you about your, your book, your goals for your book, next steps, all that good stuff, um, and see how we can help. So selfpublishing.com forward slash apply. Uh, go there, book a call with the team, uh, and go grab a copy of Delanda's book, More Than a Princess. We've got What's Your Superpower. We've got a bunch of other great books. Obviously, she said available on Amazon or on our website. Uh, Delanda, so cool uh, being a part of your journey. The best is yet to come. Thank you. I appreciate you. 
Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you can be listening to, YouTube channels that you can be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right, reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.